This is Reset. I'm Michael Puente in for Sasha Ann Simons. The newest iPhone, that's the iPhone 15, hit shelves this month with the biggest change to the device in over a decade. It's no longer features Apple's proprietary lightning cable. Instead, it has a universal connector, the USB-C. Lawmakers in Europe and India passed laws last year mandating the standardization of the USB-C to save consumers money and cut down on the manufacturing of unnecessary cords. I got a million of them at home. The two of the biggest mobile phone markets in the world, they force Apple's hand. We wanted to talk with sustainability experts about the impact this could have on electronic waste. Joining us now is Samira Hunesian is the Energy Policy Director at the Illinois Environmental Council. Welcome to Reset, Samira. Hi, Michael. Thank you for having me. And Peggy Whitlow Radcliffe is the founder and executive director of Live Thrive Inc., a sustainability nonprofit in Atlanta that runs the Center for Hard to Recycle Materials. Peggy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. What is electronic waste and why is it a problem? It's a problem because we the technology changes so quickly that we all want the newest and greatest things. So we replace things nonstop. New cell phone, the I-15 came out. That needs to be what we have. And greatly, that's a, the great news is that there is a universal cable with it because all of the predecessors have their own cable, charger, everything that came with it. Um, A lot of people are very confused as to what is an electronic, and honestly, it's just something that ever required electricity or charging. Because questions all the time, if I have an electronic, is a hair straightener electronic, along with laptops, cell phones, and TVs? Now, let me ask you this. You know, people have those cords, uh, old cords that they've had for years. They have it in a a cabinet somewhere. (laughs) What's the problem if that gets thrown into the trash? When it goes into the trash, it goes to the landfill, and within the landfill, it never biodegrades, and there's actually precious metals in all of those cables that we need to retrieve so that we don't deplenish all of our natural resources. We average probably 350 to 400 pounds of cables a week here collecting them, and we're open three days a week. It's amazing how many we get. So what do you think people should be doing with those old power cords? The power cords locally, you can all, there's quite a few resources out there that you can find that take electronic waste, and they are actually recycled. The, the outside source is uh, stripped off, and then the wires are recycled. 911 is a great resource um, locally, your local municipality. And also the city of Chicago has a Chicago Recycling Coalition that probably has a list of all of the drop-off locations that you can take these cables. There's places like Best Buy um, that take them back. Most places that sell electronics will take the electronics back. And besides the power cords, what are some of the bigger main sources of e-waste? Oh, flat screen TVs. (laughs) We get now that, you know, now that the price is lowered so greatly, if it's something that if you got, got a new game and the gaming system doesn't work on this flat screen, then you get rid of that and get the latest that actually is compatible with it. We see so many of those. The problem with them is they are, they are hard to recycle because they do have toxins within them, just like laptops, cell phones. All of those type of electronics have toxins within the screens, whether it's anything from mercury, lead, to arsenic. 
And if they're thrown into the landfill, again, nothing biodegrades. And also there's additional toxins that you're adding in with all of the other things that are in the landfill. Well, let's get Samara in this conversation. What do you think about Apple's change to this and then the power cords? Is this worth celebrating or not really? Yeah, absolutely. Apple redesigning um, their products is huge. Um, it is a big deal to be able to streamline and make uh, the cord more universal across all devices. Um, what it doesn't do is target uh, planned obsolescence and, and those aspects of um, of companies and, and how they um, can ensure that their products don't last as long or don't charge as quickly. Um, but in terms of the waste itself, um, this is a really big deal in ensuring that we have fewer cables um, out there. That's right. That's right. And um, Peggy, do you, so this, in the grand scheme of things, this is a kind of a big change for Apple. Absolutely. Because when you have an Apple device, you had a phone, you had an iPad, you had, you know, even the Apple TV, all of those had different cables and connectors which was crazy. Like you said, we all have drawers full of those and not even sure what, what it is on, but it doesn't work any longer. So this is... Sounds like we're having a little bit problem with Peggy's phone, so we'll, we'll get back to her in a little bit. So you know, Apple has acknowledged a switch to the USB-C. Will, cable will cause more e-waste, at least in the short term, as people replace charging cables and other connected devices. But Samira... This happens all the time as people upgrade to the newest generation of gadgets almost on a yearly basis. So, again, why why is this such a big deal? Yeah, um, this is a good example of source reduction in the long run. Um, as you mentioned, Michael, up front, we will likely see some more card, cords excuse me, as folks uh, switch over and need to discord, discard um, their old charging cords um, and connectors. However, um, the US, U, USB-C cord is um, considered a more universal cord that can be used interchangeably with a number of devices, not just the iPhone. Um, so again, in the long run, uh, folks will be able to utilize that cord between devices. For example, I use an Android phone and an Apple laptop, in all disclosure, um, but I'm able to use a USB-C uh, charging, charging cord between the two of them seamlessly. When this news came out about Apple changing um, their their power cord to this universal one, did you know it was going to be a big deal, that it was going to cause such, such a ruckus out there? I'm not surprised. Um, this has been in the pipeline, I would say, um, at least among environmentalists for many, many years. Um, we've been hoping for uh, more universal electronics. Um, and at the end of the day, we truly are fighting for source reduction. Um, so right out of the gate, ensuring that you know there are uh, fewer single use and um, single uh, uh, opportunity um, e-waste pieces out there. Um, another piece though, is this right to repair that we would like to see moving forward, um, you know, to ensure that the products that are out um, can last a lot longer and uh, will be diverted from our landfills. So, Mary, what what laws or regulations are in place that addresses e-waste here in Illinois? Yeah, um, dating back to um, 2006, there was a, a mercury a thermostat um, take back. Um, 
fast forwarding just a little bit, the uh, Environmental Law and Policy Center um, worked on the first iteration of an e-waste recycling bill. Um, and this passed back in around 2011, um, and it established a requirement for e-waste to be recycled by weight. Um, those rules didn't work out super well because electronics started to get lighter. Um, you know, switching over from tube TVs, for example, to uh, flat screen. Um, and before that, e-waste um, didn't have like charges and fees associated with it. Um, but the Illinois Environmental Council, my organization, worked on the e-waste recycling bill um, update in 2018. This is the Consumer Electronics Recycling Act. Um, overall, it went well. It's uh, set to sunset in December 2026. Um, but this is uh, the the piece of legislation that ensures that um, consumers have the opportunity to drop off and recycle their e-waste items throughout the state. Now, as a policymaker, too, what can you learn from the laws passed in India and the EU? I think um, being able to crack down and uh, tell um, manufacturers um, what they being able to tell manufacturers um, the the guidelines and rules and regulations of how we can divert um, waste from the landfills is really important. I think, if anything, it sets a precedent of how strict we can be um, with regulating uh, our, our waste across the board. Um, we still have a lot of catching up to do um, with being able to ensure that uh, we are working on that source reduction, like we were talking about earlier. Well, Peggy, let's talk a little bit about corporate responsibility. Apple didn't change its tune until it was forced by two of the biggest model phone mar- mobile phone markets in the world, India and the EU. What responsibility do you think tech companies have in limiting e-waste? And what, what does this move say about Apple? I think it's a great step for Apple. I think they're going to set they set the bar high, which we needed because there were no regulations here in Georgia. There are no regulations. Um, the e-waste can go directly into the wayside bin, which is very scary when you think about that. Um, I think that the that it really needs to be put back on the manufacturers, just like e-waste, as well as you know medical waste um, and plastics that it all needs to go back to the manufacturer and have more um, stringent rules in place as to, you know, how it's made um, and taking it back and being responsible for repurposing it, recycling it, refurbishing it. I think they need to take more responsibility. Also, the responsibilities lie with e-waste, who you ask to recycle it for you. Here in Georgia, one thing we do have is there's certifications, and I think this is nationwide, certifications for recyclers, specifically for e-waste, that if they don't have, like it's an R2 is the lowest um, certification you can get, which requires them to report by state, by weight, um, what they've recycled. In other words, how much they've taken in, how much was actually recycled, and how they recycled it. So putting responsibility not only on the manufacturers, but those people that are taking it back to responsibly recycle it or repurpose it is very important. Well, Phoebe in Pullman has a question for Peggy. Hi, I'd be 
interested to know how much comes into your organization percentage-wise, even just cables that are still perfectly usable. I'm thinking of every time I had to emergency replace a cable, including my very expensive Apple laptop charger. Um, the percentage of the, as far as overall, last year we processed over 5 million pounds of material, and probably about 30% of that was e-waste. And I would say out of the e-waste that we got, it was probably 10% that were cables because keeping in mind that we do get laptops, cell phones, but those big TVs, like the ones that you had in the 1960s, we get a lot of those as well. But the, they do, the first thing we ask of our reprocessor um, is to give it back to community. So we do give some to shelters as well as um Schools during COVID, all of our laptops that we took in were refurbished and given to schools so that all kids had access to laptops. So that's the first thing that we try to do with them is try to get them reused before they actually go through a recycling process. We're going to have to leave it there. Samira Hunesian is the Energy Policy Director at the Illinois Environmental Council, and Peggy Whitlow Ratcliffe is the founder and executive director of Live Thrive, which runs a center for hard to recycle materials in Atlanta. Thank to both of you.